0: Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you with a little bit of uh, breaking news. We're going to get into the Oilers now. Injury Report. It's brought to you daily by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Jim Brown, James Brown, Trent Brown, the gang of James H. Brown, proud supporters of the Edmonton Oilers and the Edmonton Eskimos, uh, the Edmonton Elks. Trent, of course, a former player with the Edmonton Eskimos and the U of A Golden Bears. And we will tell you that the Oilers have made it official. They have just uh, sent down uh, Ryan Murray for a conditioning stint. He's going to play the two games this weekend for The Emerson Orders for the Bakersfield Condors, he's eligible to play three games. but uh, Ryan Murray has been loaned to the Condors for uh, a conditioning purpose. So there you have it. Uh, I'm at uh, Rogers Place where tonight the Oilers will play their last regular season game of the year. Of course, playoffs right around the corner. on Oilers now receive gift, uh, gift certificates to Roos Chris Stakehouse. It's the greatest stake you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 99.90 Jasper Avenue. You tell Chris and Shep LTAP that Oilers now sent you. Uh, Ruse Chris is open Tuesday through Sunday from 5 until 10 p.m. Uh, we are going to uh, hook up with Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeBrusque on the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. Louis's appearances and orders now are brought to you by GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972. GCLDiesel.com. Hello, Louis. How are you doing?
1: Hey Bob, how are you doing today?
0: Good. Well, Jake DeBrus knows this from the start of the year that Boston had. Uh, but, uh, you know, hockey's a pretty good game when your team doesn't lose. And the orders are 13 0 1 in their last 14. So, yeah. You know what I'm saying?
1: It's, a, it's, you know, it's like better than losing. <laughs> Thanks, Nuke. From, Bull Durham, from yes. Bull Durham. Yes. Heavy Calvin Nuke Lelouch. But, uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, the orders have been on a tear. There's, there's just no no other way to put it they've been a dominant team second half of the season they've really started to you know finish off the process and play the right way and they're getting great goaltending uh the additions they've made it's all kind of coming together and uh really looking forward to see what they can do in the playoffs to be honest with you this is a team that i don't think anybody in the western conference really wants to match up with in the first round what did you think of the game the other night against colorado well, listen, I thought it was a depleted Colorado team a little bit. Obviously, the players they've had of their lineup this year, but still are a very dangerous team, a team that have been playing well. Um, but it was a game where I thought Edmonton, as the game went on, they just started to take over the game. They started to take over the game positionally. It started to get more opportunities. It was a tight, tight battle. I thought it was going to be a little more open, to be totally honest with you. But I think that's kind of one of the changes that – not just Edmonton but a lot of teams have made in this league over the last couple of years they've started to tighten up the ship a little bit more and play a more conservative game and wait for your opportunities especially when you have the offensive talent that both of those teams have so they know they can kind of just play a real strong structure wait for their opportunities they have the skill and the players to to make good on those opportunities and that's what Edmonton did they found a way to win it in the power play in overtime and it, for me it was a big win for the team. The, the the Avalanche are a team that have had their number. Obviously beat them in the conference final last year. They've had their number in overtime it was it was it was a positive to see Evenson win an overtime game against the Avalanche because they didn't seem to be able to do that for over a year and uh Yeah, overall, I thought it was a a good game to end a road trip off against a very uh, tough opponent that potentially they could see down the road that's going to get stronger with some more guys back in their lineup. But, yeah, I thought it was uh – um, a nice way to punctuate a very solid road
0: trip. Louis. the Oilers have got the best uh, points percentage in the league since January the 10th. Boston's obviously right there with them. They've had an all-world uh, you know all world year. Boston's got incredible depth. The Orders have better depth than people give them uh, credit for. I think you and me both feel that way. Uh, of course, the Oilers have the star, the high in power. Boston's had great goaltending. I mean, just off-the-charts goaltending. Yeah. Um do you sense that people are becoming aware that this is a different Oilers team yeah. now than maybe past yeah. years?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And listen, it's pretty hard not to, you know, talk about the obvious. You've got Connor McDavid rewriting history here, uh, first player with one hundred and fifty points since Mario Lemieux. Um, he's right up there in the top four now, uh, I believe. If you, if you count Eiserman with one hundred and fifty-five in Detroit, top four players. Point totals in the history, or what's he at right now? He's right up there. Anyway, he was the sixth player to have 150 points in the league, which is just incredible. Um, He's at
0: 152, Louis. So if he gets one
1: more point, he's top four. You know,
0: he's the fourth highest scoring player
1: in history. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. So so here's the thing: like it's impossible not to talk about him. I mean, so every team that comes in, that's who you talk about. Rightfully so, you should talk about him because we see him every single day doesn't mean that you shouldn't be excited about what you're watching unfold in front of your eyes every single night. And I think it's amazing. Same thing with Leon Dreisaitl continually getting better and building an elite, elite player in this league. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, there's been, there's been a lot of storylines as far as the offense go and the dynamic season those players have had. But I do agree with you. I think that people maybe have overlooked the fact that this team has morphed into a team that can kind of come at you any way you want to play. And I think Edmonton loves that. I think Edmonton is completely comfortable with teams looking at them, thinking they're an offensive juggernaut, and that's it. They'll sit there and go, yeah, you just keep thinking that. And then when we ground and pound you into a pulp, which they're very capable of doing, and I'll go back to the Thursday at home matchup a couple weeks ago against the Los Angeles Kings. That was a statement game, in my opinion. They came out and ran them out of the building in that first period. And... When I was watching them in the warm-ups, I looked across at both teams and I was right at ice level on the bench and I was looking at both teams saying, okay, there is no question who the the bigger team is here. <laughs> it's just, I mean, the Atcombs that have come on board, the Bugstads that have come on board, Vinny Deharnay's, you know, starting the National Hockey League and coming on board a big, solid defender – Broberg's not a small guy. I mean, as a young defenseman, he's a big kid. Um, You look up front and the way they can roll the lines out, this is a completely different animal coming at you. And I think that's what they've been trying to to build into. I mean, Jay Woodcroft again talked about it this morning. He said he's been bullish, which he has, about the process, about making sure that this kind of comes together at the right time. And I think they are peaking at the right time, which is so important going into the postseason.
0: We're joined right now by Louis DeBrus, Bob Stauffer with you on Oilers now, the Edmonton Oilers in action against the San Jose Sharks. Stuart Skinner, Louis, 13-1-1 in his last 15 starts going back to March the 1st. He has a chance to surpass Grant Fuhrer for most wins in a rookie season. Is Stuart Skinner, look, you and me, we vote on the coaches of the year, uh, but we don't get a vote on the rookie of the year. Should Stuart Skinner merit serious consideration for rookie of the year?
1: Absolutely, I think the importance of Stuart Skinner to this team is way more valuable. Valuable, sorry, than say Matty Beniers in Seattle. He, he just is. I mean, it's a goaltender. it's just such an important position. It's the most important position. Uh, so the fact that he's coming in a rookie year and done what he's done, absolutely. And I know my partner Jack Michaels has been talking about this for a while as he continued to build wins. Um, we started you know, we start talking about this rookie year that Stuart Skinner's having and now he potentially could be an you know, all time wins for a rookie in a, in the franchise history. I mean to tie Grant Fury, you're talking about a legend there. So I I think it's been remarkable. Uh I think he's really been able to step in there and, and just kind of solidify his game. He's been working hard towards this. I do think there's been a great relationship between him and Jack Campbell and I know people you know, might look at it differently, but I think they've helped each other. I think they've helped each other a lot. Um, when one guy struggled a little bit, the other guy's taken the load, and they've been able to do that on and off throughout the course of this season, and they're both playing well right now. So that's, you can't ask for anything better than that. Again, going into the postseason, have both goaltenders feel pretty good about their game. But there's no question it's been Stuart Skinner down the stretch, and rightfully so, he's been fantastic. And yeah, if I was voting right now, that's the guy I'm voting for Rookie
0: of the Year. We're joined right now by Louis DeBrasse. I think a lot of, you know, I'm going to be interested to see if there's a late push here for Skinner. There's not been a goaltender win Rookie of the Year since Steve Mason back in 2009. Uh, He has a chance to surpass Grant Fuhrer's team record. And that make a little bit of an interesting synchronicity there, given that Grant was a local product that guided, the, you know, helped the Edmonton Oilers yeah, like, and Stanley uh, yep. Cups. you got, and I mean, you know, Grant Fear, You played yeah. with Grant. You scored two goals on Grant Fury in one game, didn't you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, claim to fame right there. Uh, I only scored on Hall of Famers. I did score on a few of them, but uh, didn't score many. But I remember them all. But I do remember those two goals. But I always tell the story when I work with Grant in Phoenix when I first started doing the radio down there. He, uh, as he often does, he always has that kind of like little smirk on his face. And yeah, I scored two goals. Like I think I might have been the first and only guy ever to get him pulled twice in a game because after I scored each of my goals, he got yanked out of the net. But uh, you know what? Because he, he came, he got pulled out. And, um, you know what, it was uh, the backup goaler came in, Noodles came in, McClennan, and then he he tried to wrestle up his team, and he got physical with a couple guys, as as Noodles often did, and uh, fear went back in, I scored again, <laughs> they pulled him again, so I think they're arresting him for the next game, to be honest with you. It wasn't my goal, it was the fact that they knew that game was pretty much out of reach, and they did come back and win in Game 7, and he had a shutout in Game 7, so he had the last laugh, that I always like to say, because he, he always waits and just looks at me and goes, yeah, that's fine and dandy, but when the game when the series was on the line, he didn't let anything go by him. He was fantastic, and as we've heard Gretz and the the old Oilers talk about all the time, it didn't have, matter how many time how many times he'd been beaten a game if the game was on the line, that was the guy they'd want in between the pipes because he wasn't letting another one by him, and he did it that night.
0: Yeah, I like uh, I like the goaltenders that do two things: they stop pucks when it matters, and they're yep. low maintenance. And that is Grant Fuhr, and that is becoming Stuart Skinner.
1: Well, you know what? It's it's a good comparison, too, with Stuart Skinner because he does have that great demeanor. We've talked about it all year long, about how... And it's funny. I know Gene, Gene Principe did a thing on it about his, uh, his opening. I noticed it, too. He goes out to the center, and he stares down the other way, and he kind of looks like he's got, like, an intense growl on, but... I think it's just him really buckling down mentally and really focusing on the game in hand. We've seen Hellabuck what he does on the bench with his tracking movements with his eyes and all of that. I mean goaltenders it's such a psychological mental game that they have to get themselves ready to to go in there and be dialed in for three hours. I mean it's I've always said this. I said, you know, race car drivers I'm not a big car guy. I know my old partner Kevin Clayman loved cars and you know, he was um you know really into that and i know the f1 show on on tv now is has has really made it kind of mainstream and people are paying way more attention to it but the focus those guys have to have in a race car I'm comparing it a little bit to a goaltender because they have to be so focused at all times. They really do. They they do have a break, different from the race car guys. They get to go in intermission and have a break and come back, commercials, they have a break. Those race car drivers are nonstop the entire time they're in the car for a pit stop maybe here and there. That's about it where they can relax. They are so focused for so long of a period of time. But from a goaltender's perspective, it's similar in that regard. When they're between the pipes, it's just... Their tunnel vision on the task at hand. And uh, it's a different animal, but he has a great demeanor for it. He really does. He's a pretty big, relaxed guy. He goes in there, and don't under, don't ever question that as far as compete, though. And I know, you know, Devin Dubnik back in the day, the big easy, we talked about that. I honestly think it's a good trait to have for a goaltender. I truly do, because it. It's one of those jobs, and you talked about Grant Fury. The thing I loved about Grant Fuhr when a goal was scored against him, he'd take the puck out of the net, he'd put it in the position where the linesman could come and pick it up, and he would just be on to the next shot. you got to have a short-term memory when it comes to goals against in that regard and worry about stopping the next one. And I think he's done a great job of that, as Jack Campbell has too. I, I think that that's you know, down the stretch here have two goaltenders that have slipped in there. I know they've kind of picked a few games for Jack to go in there, build his confidence back. He had a great stretch earlier in the year. I, I think that if you were to ask the coaching staff right now, they're very comfortable with both goaltenders going into the playoffs.
0: All right, Louie, one final one for you. So there's three different scenarios. Again, if uh, Vegas wins tonight, the Edmonton Oilers would uh, most likely be playing the Los Angeles Kings. Yeah, well, Vegas wins tonight. They are playing L.A. They would. They would no matter what because Seattle, if Vegas wins, that means Seattle wouldn't pick up enough points to tie L.A. L.A.'s got Anaheim. They'll probably stay out of Seattle no matter
1: what. If Seattle wins tonight. You're right. What am I talking about? I guess, I don't know. I haven't broken that down. Jack's always the standings guy. Yeah. He's He's better at the numbers than me, and so are you. All but, right, so uh, we'll, we'll simplify. It's gone down to the last game of the year. Yeah, and, and, and <laughs> so there is and three different
0: scenarios. Yet. The most likely yeah. scenario yeah. is that the Oilers play the LA Kings. Uh, if Seattle wins in regulation and Edmonton beats San Jose, which, you know, San Jose's struggling a bit here, uh, the Oilers then would play the Winnipeg Jets, and if there's a couple different uh, machinations that come together, there's an outside chance they'd play Seattle. I don't think the Oilers should fear anybody in the opening round. What about you? You respect them, yes, but I don't think they should
1: fear them because they're playing well. Your thoughts? Well, we always look at it from that perspective, but you have to look at it from the other team's perspective, which we said earlier in our conversation here. I don't think anybody's looking across and saying they'd love to match up against Edmonton in the first round. There's not a team that's saying that. I'm sorry. I can guarantee you. Just like in the East, they're probably saying the same thing about the Boston Bruins. It's Florida, the New York Islanders, and I'll guarantee you, if they had their choice, they'd probably try and avoid Boston in the first round. But um, this is the thing: you don't have that decision. All you can do is play your best and finish as high as possible. And Darnell Nurse, talk, talking with him and Jack this morning, said the same thing. Listen, we're not really, we can't be worried about who we're going to potentially play. It's about finishing the best note, the strongest we can, putting ourselves in the best position, which is home ice advantage. That's what it's all about. And then you just take whatever team comes your way because you're going to have to go through difficult teams to win it anyway. So whether it's the first, second, third, or the final, you're going to have to beat some darn good teams to make it and win the Stanley Cup. I think every team knows that. Um, so it's just a matter of finishing on a good note. But but there's no question, I, I think, that The pride wanting to go out there and finish as high as possible is always there. When you start looking around, though, and starting to choose what team might be a better matchup or that, that's a slippery slope and a dangerous proposition, I think, for any organization. And we've already heard a couple of coaches down the stretch here talk about that from different teams. Jared Bednar, the same thing. He said, listen, it's dangerous to sit here and say, oh, we'd rather play this team than that team. You have to play good teams no matter who you're playing. Yep. Prepare yourself the best you possibly can. Go out there and put your best foot forward.
0: Louie, great stuff. Thanks for your time. Sounds good, bud. Let's drop the puck. That's Louis DeBras for GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972. It is 12.51 in Edmonton. We will return with Oilers Game Day Trivia for Pro-Am Sports. This is Oilers Now.
1: I actually think the way this stretches has played out has allowed our team to get into a good rhythm. And, um, you know, I understand teams that maybe pull people out of the lineup and rest people out. and that's everybody's own prerogative. But tonight we have the opportunity to win our division, win the conference. And I like the fact that our team is in a rhythm. Um, I think when you look at minutes usage down the stretch, we're not overplaying anybody. Um, You know, I, I like where our team's at.
0: That is Edmonton Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. Uh, the full compliment going tonight for the Edmonton Oilers. It is time for Oilers game day trivia presented by ProAm Sports, fan cave and fan gear specialist for all budgets in Edmonton on Saint Albert Trail in ProAmSports.ca. They do things like uh, private signings. They've got Ryan Nugent Hopkins who just finished his played his 800th NHL game, and uh, they did a, a whole uh, meet well a signing uh, with Van. Or Kane as well. That's the sort of thing they do again. ProamSports.ca. Upper grabs a $50 gift certificate uh, that you could apply towards your fan cave or uh, fan gear uh, collection. And it's a relatively easy question. Bragging rights as well. Uh, you got to text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line to, to get the correct answer. The San Jose Sharks have one former. Edmonton Oiler player in their lineup. Who is that? You can text us at 780-496-0063. Who is the former Edmonton Oiler now playing for the San Jose Sharks? I mentioned him earlier in the show and uh, we mentioned him yesterday as well because his brother just signed a deal with the Florida Panthers his father was an NHLR as well you can text us at 780-496-0063 uh, that is way- see now I'm going to have to go further down to get to some of the texts uh, that have come in earlier on the show uh, because now they're getting pounded fast and furious on the Ashley Finefors, uh text line again uh- wow yeah I knew this was going to happen There was a couple texts I wanted to get to earlier in the show. Here we go. Bob, I'll come uh, do a break stand in front of Rogers for some tickets. Can you help me out? Unfortunately, I can't. Sorry. (laughs) I can't do that because I don't have tickets either. It's the playoffs. Are you seeing what some of the ticket prices are going for in the secondary market? Uh, Hey, it's Playoff fever. It's awesome. Come with it. You can text us at 780-496-0063. Cam in Red Deer, and not that Cam from Red Deer. Winnipeg is the team that scares me the most that we might have to play somewhere along the way. That one comes to us from Cam in Red Deer. I would uh, respectfully re- uh, disagree with you, Cam. I would say that uh, Colorado, if the Oilers can get to the round three with the team that, you know, I, I mean, I to beat the champs, to become the champs, you got to beat the champs and they got a pretty good deep team. So uh, call Winnipeg, I know they swept Edmonton two years ago. Heibach uh, was terrific. He is an excellent goaltender. They got a good team. They're really emotional. They have wild swings during the year. The orders are way bigger and better on defense than they were that year, and they didn't have Hyman and Kane up front that year either. The orders are deeper and I think Winnipeg's gotten a little bit older so we shall wait and see in that regard. We'll head off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn and when we come back Brian Lawton for Wow Factor Desserts on Oilers now and uh, we'll have your trivia answer as well for ProAmSports.ca Bob Stafford joining you live from Rogers Place.